0: Welcome to Functional Design in Closure. I'm Christoph Newman. And I am Nate Jones. We're here in this podcast to help you use closure and functional programming more productively in your day-to-day life as a developer. We want to make things less frustrating and just more fulfilling for you in
1: what you do. Yeah, we're here to answer questions about closure uh, and functional programming, you know? So what's on your mind? Do you have something that you feel is, is is causing you to get stuck, or or challenging you, um, or do you have a question that you think might challenge us? Do you think um, would you like to hear us go on and on about something? Um, is there any 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 kind of library that you might be interested in, or a technique that you're that you need to be have unpacked? Um, let us know.
0: Yeah, definitely, we'd love to hear from you. So, dear listener, here is your part: reach out to us on. Twitter, you can hit us at Closure Design, or you can email us at feedback at closuredesign.club, or you can hop into our channel on the in Slack. Just hop into the Closure Design Podcast channel because you know we are kebab case there. We are not camel case. <laughs> the one, the one true case.
1: We like kabobs. and uh, hop
0: in there. Good discussion, um, and we get questions uh, all those different ways. Yeah, yeah. Please do
1: okay well let's get down to, to brass tacks here uh, I think everyone that is listening probably has the impression that we think closure is pretty cool uh, and we do uh, it has quite a bit of reach in 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 three different big ecosystems you know the JVM JavaScript and and I hear there's also a, a CLR.net uh version too. Um, but we had a reader a listener um, email us and challenge us with the different with the opposite question Um Basically, when is closure not the right tool for the job?
0: Yes, thank you, Dave Yarwood, for your question. Of course, this is uh, this going to be once again our shortest episode ever because that's <laughs> easy. Closure is always the right tool for the job. You know why? Because you just reject all the jobs where closure is inappropriate. So therefore, closure is always the right tool for the job. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh yes, yes. If only we could choose our 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 jobs. Oh wait, we can. I mean, wait. Sometimes we can't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you, yes. So ch- choose the right
0: jobs, and, <laughs> and you'll always be using closure. <laughs>
1: Done. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, enjoy the rest of right. your week. No, uh, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, but I, I I do think that there are are some. I think that there are definitely some realms where where closure might might be too too bit of a square peg in a round hole, um, and I th- and I think I think the first one that always comes up for me is uh, is to, to, to the old, the old hobby horse that everyone likes to chime in on is the startup time. You know, if you need a something that needs to run and and run uh, very quickly, um, like usually it's like a command line op- uh, a command line program, um, then closure is not a good task because you know it'll spend 98 percent of the runtime you know starting up and getting its garbage collector all sorted uh before it starts to run your code and then your code will run in a tenth of a second and then oof, now it's done
0: oh so I, think, I have I think to take issue with that because i think node starts up very quickly so i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I think Node starts very quickly. <laughs> so I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, you mean the JVM starts up slowly. Well, I don't use the JVM, so Closure is still the right tool for my job. <laughs> oh, interesting. I'm giving you a hard time, but yeah, you we, we do have old... a little bit of a JVM bias, right? Like that's kind of the point I'm trying to make.
1: <laughs> and gotcha. and
0: I I think it does come back to it does come back to like there Clojure does cover these three runtimes, right? It, we have the CLR.NET runtime, we have the JVM runtime, and we have the JavaScript runtime. And so there's absolutely times when one of those is not the right tool for the job, but you still might be able to use another one, right? So like if right. I want to run code in a browser, then it's sort of like an obvious, duh, but like the JVM is not going to help me there. <laughs> I'm going to be writing Closure script. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the tooling problem, I, I there's still a little bit of an issue. Even though the like Node does start up quickly and you can write like tooling in in Closure script and run it on Node, um, it, then Node doesn't give you a super nice way of making a static binary. I know there's some ways. But, but sort of that's been like a hole where you JVM has slow startup times and, and, and you, but you can just make an Uber jar and, and run it. But I guess you still need the JVM. Right. And then, so, so yeah, it's, it's like in a situation where you just need the single static binary, like Grawl has come along to help close that hole. Uh, but that hole is still like Grawl is. Is uh, still an adventurous place sometimes. Yeah,
1: um, definitely. the The place where you need to have a static binary with zero dependencies and zero meaning not node, not JVM, not anything else. Um, yeah, I think Go still is the reigning king in that. But um, but Graal has made a lot of progress, and it's been very promising to see some of the the inroads that have been made and tools that have been made in the last few months um, using Graal to 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 extend closures reach into those those use cases.
0: Definitely. So kind of back to the original point, then I think we're going to consider places where uh, the JVM or a JavaScript or a CLR runtime is not applicable as, as also not being applicable to the question, right? Like, uh, Obviously, I'm not going to write a GL shader enclosure. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going <laughs> to make a, a Linux kernel device driver enclosure, right?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I, I did not even think about device drivers. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things that I remember when Rust came about. It was like we're here so we can be, we can write device drivers. And I thought, oh wow, that's something I don't think I'll ever do. Um, getting back to your first point was like, I think I'll just avoid that job altogether.
0: Yeah, so so clearly like if if the the technology on which closure is built does not apply, closure does not apply. But I do think sometimes it's easy to get either stuck in the closure script world or the closure world and forget about the use cases of the other.
1: Um definitely yeah, that. Yeah, also like 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 large game programming, like I couldn't imagine like Overwatch or League of Legends written in closure. Um that doesn't mean you can't write, you know, small games like things that are in the browser. I mean, I've seen plenty of really cool games in the browser or, or small Java games that are written in Closure. Um, but I think the, right. the the super big, you know, ones are just. I think I think Closure is not a good fit for those.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, when you get into gaming, you have your like smaller indie gaming type things that use these smaller gaming toolkits. And there's a lot of JavaScript gaming toolkits for like phone games and browser games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But those those gaming libraries are totally different than stuff like Unreal Engine and and some of these like massive libraries that are extremely dependent on C++.
1: Right. Right. Well, I mean, like, and like there's there's Arcadia which is, you know, using the .NET runtime to make games. And I know that there've been people that have done good things with that. But it's definitely like inroads are being made kind of a time right now. It's not, you know, is the best fit for that.
0: Right. So even, even though Closure is a hosted language and it runs like you could run on the .NET runtime, um or some of these things like the, sometimes passing objects across the divide, mm, you know, yeah. like like Java, Java can call like through through um through its bindings. Like you can call out to native code in Java, right? And and sometimes it could be dicey because you have the barrier between closure. So, for example, if you're using Joggle, like Java's OpenGL bindings is Joggle. Uh. And so then, like, is trying to call Java, so you got a little bit of mismatch there. It's pretty fluid, but you got... And then a Joggle's doing some native stuff. So so it could get kind of squirrely. But if you're really motivated to use Clojure, you can still kind of make it work. But, but you, you, the more layers of mapping you're going through, the more you can run into weird performance issues and unexpected gotchas.
1: Yeah, I think that's where the, the performance the, the performance really starts to bite you. Um, and I think a related one is is um, like um, it's like deep deep learning data processing, that kind of stuff. I know again, I know that there's been people that have done things in closure, but a lot of the, the 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 super big number crunching things um, or like I mean I guess even things like cryptocurrencies and stuff, you know where you just need absolute raw performance and you you want as few memory passes as possible you need to you need to get a lot closer to the metal
0: right so stuff like neanderthal which is yeah. that closure matrix processing library it's it's quite performant but but it's once again it's doing a lot of things underneath the hood to make these highly optimized algorithms and then kind of making it available in closure so so if you're willing to sign up for that like, like, if you need to get close to the metal, and you're willing to sign up for the adaptation and and native code or 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 low level code that has to get written um, for those performance things, then then you know you could you could do maybe your application enclosure, but then as you get close to the metal, maybe closure doesn't make so much sense anymore. Yeah, go microservice
1: on it, for better for worse. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> but I I, I think. That does raise a good point. Like the JVM is, and I would say to some extent, this is also true for the JavaScript runtime. So like the JVM and the CLR have a lot in common. They're, they're really optimized for throughput. They're really more about throughput. Whereas something like Go, like its runtime is more optimized around latency, mm-hmm. right? Right. So JVM has, it, it's kind of like getting a train going with a JVM. Trains can carry really heavy things super efficiently for really, really long distances, like freight trains, but they take a while to get going. Same thing, these super tankers, you know, the JVM is like a super tanker. It's like a, you know, big train. It, it will get a whole lot of work done, but it takes a while to get that thing moving. Whereas, whereas Go actually doesn't have as much throughput in certain situations as the JVM does. But it has a focus on latency, so it feels really responsive. So it's it feels more like that sports car that you can just get to zero to sixty in you know a couple of seconds, and and so on and so forth, right?
1: So so closures the cheetah and Java's the hippopotamus or the rhino, oh, the horse. <laughs> they, Sorry, the elephant. <laughs> Yeah, the <laughs> <are. It's> not, <laughs>
0: not quite true because Java is very fast, but it like there's a trade-off on throughput, right? So the garbage collector in the JVM right. is throughput-oriented, whereas a garbage collector for Go is latency-oriented. So if you if you have something that needs to launch really like needs to launch quickly, the startup time is lower in Go, but then the latency thing. If you have something that's really sensitive to jitter. So, for example, audio, like real-time audio processing can be really, or real-time video processing, super sensitive to jitter. So, if you can't control your garbage collection cycles, you can actually hear or see the jitter that that comes from the garbage collection cycles, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I totally echo what you said about Java's performance. Uh, We've seen... Java would be able to handle enormous amounts of data and and handle it very quickly, um, but then but yes, you're right. It's all about throughput, not about latency. Um, I think
0: I think on the language level, um, something to consider is there's like these social aspects of of it, right? If right, exactly closure oh, totally. isn't the right tool for the job, if you're bringing it in in this like covert way that's going to make the rest of the team angry. (laughs) We talked about this before in some episodes um, about convincing people to use closure. Like, like I have heard, I can't remember how many stories, but I've heard enough stories. I lost count of people who were really pumped up about closure and they knew their coworkers weren't going to like it. And so they just sort of covertly started writing closure and and then they got a new job and then everyone sort of discovers like what what the heck is going on right their microservice they were sort of off working in their own corner spinning up closure and by the time everyone discovered what was going on it was sort of too late not not a good experience there
1: yeah uh, yeah totally i think i think a lot of times when we're talking about technical things we tend to overlook the human side of it and i think almost all of the problems that i've seen in 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 software uh, almost all of them are related to um people problems organizational problems and not many of them are related to the actual technology Um, usually you can make the technology do what you want um, but going between like bringing closure into a team where it's like a covert thing is one thing but also even if you bring it in and people are aware that you're bringing it in but they are they are they, they 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 say okay fine you can develop what you, whatever you want in your in your microservice, but but if they're not convinced that closure is productive in general, like closure is pro- productive for you, but I still I still want to use Python or I still want to use Java or whatever, um, they're they're going to not be as friendly to um, to to to, be, to understanding your code and to to you know so it's 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 not a good fit for. Um, if, if, if you haven't gotten to people, like, it's what we talked about back in the how to convince your coworkers. It's, like, how to convince them that it's okay, but then also how to help them understand that that they're going to be okay in it. Like, it's two different things. Um, and you got to get both right. of those Right. Like, levels. is the
0: technology suitable for the application? Right. And are are we going to be totally screwed if we <laughs> go down this new language, right? Like, like it really isn't like, oh, is this new language going to be great? I feel like a lot of these programming language decisions are, are we going to sink, are we going to tank the project by adopting this language? <laughs> right. It's a little more fear-based than opportunity-based. Um, I, that's That's my experience, at least. And so I think if you're... If your team isn't ready, right? like like if you're if you don't feel ready, your team isn't ready and, and it's not the right time to sign up for that adventure, then maybe closure isn't the right thing because we have definitely like I've definitely observed in my experience and I'm and Nate I know you have too, that there is a there is a conceptual leap into functional programming that is non-trivial. like most most right. people I've talked to, there's a bit of a leap there. And so if you're, if you're not ready to make that leap or, or you're not ready to accept the, some of the struggle that comes with that leap, then maybe closure isn't the right tool for that project or that team at that point in time. Yet. (laughs) It's not that closure is technically unqualified. It's a sociological uh, phenomenon, right? It's uh,
1: yeah and and it might become uh, you know appropriate in time um it might not like it's not going to it's not it's not a, it's not a slam dunk case but you you can definitely get to the point where it could be a fit uh, where at least the only considerations are the technical considerations instead of just the process ones people right. ones
0: right and so maybe to riff on this a little bit if you if you look at your twitter feed uh, I don't know. When I look at my Twitter feed, so if you look at your Twitter feed and you you do this thought experiment, uh, when you look at some of these debates, how often does somebody raise a concern that is fundamentally like a human concern about a programming language that then gets responded to in a technical uh, response of like, no, this tool is fit for the job, right? So it's like, oh, I've had a yeah. really hard time, you know, getting up to speed with Closure, and then you get you get a response is like, well, closure is amazing because it has immutability and blah, blah. And you're just like and, and and we're not answering the human problems with human answers. We're answering the human problems with, No, it is technically the fittest and therefore it should be chosen.
1: <laughs> right. And, and I think I think the, the, the zeal like closure, I, I feel like closure has been like transformative. From an experience point of view, in my develop, as as a developer, and so the the it's easy to translate that excitement into let's talk about the technical uh, benefits um, instead of like actually talking about what what the actual change has been, like how you're you're like I feel like I'm I'm able to be more productive, I'm able to write simpler code, um, I'm able to um, get features done faster. Like I, all these things are not really technical things you know they're they're more uh i don't know business level or personal level right, right. So you have to have to the technology
0: about. pieces to enable it but it's not solely a technical problem exactly it's and so that's why i think like tooling and and new newbie experience is so important because if somebody can't begin to feel competent and feel productive in a language, even if that language, it, even if we could, in an academic sense, debate the technical suitability and the technical uh, betterness of it, that person is not experiencing it yet, and and so if if they're not experiencing it yet, it doesn't kind of matter that it's technically superior to them.
1: Yeah, or even, I mean, even if you're going to a language that is technically superior or inferior. But just different enough, like closure is different enough from the way that you approach problems and, and tooling and everything in another language that you know you're, you're, you're not even going to try it unless there's, a, there's something to grab onto
0: right you you why let go why let go of the thing that I have in my hands that I am happy with I'm having good experience with for some like vague promise. <laughs> It reminds me of the toddler that's got the toy in their hands, and somebody's like, "Oh, well, you should share. Sharing is good." And the toddler is just like looking at you, like, "Why would I let go of this toy?" (laughs) Like, like words, words, (laughs) words, 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 words. I got this toy. I like this toy. I'm happy with this toy. Like, like all these words, you know. But then if you get another toy that looks super cool and a sparkly shiny toy. All of a sudden, the toddler is like, just immediately drops the toy and just grabs the sparkly shiny thing, right? And so you can spend <laughs> hours and hours trying to talk the toddler out of letting go of the toy, or you can just have an even better looking toy, and and why why even bother with the big discussion? So so, so, so you. You got to present the toy in a way that it looks sparkly, right? <laughs> so are you
1: saying that no matter how old we get, we still act like toddlers sometimes? Oh,
0: absolutely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's a deep cognitive thing, you know, I've got ah, the thing totally. in my
0: hand. I'm not going to let go of the thing in my hand until I it's I don't need to be convinced of it. I need to feel it. I need to feel the reason to let go, right?
1: Well, especially because as a, as a toddler, like you're having fun with that thing. That's why you're bonded to it. But When you're, you know, a 20-year-old or 30-year-old professional developer, the thing you're holding on to is the thing that you actually – is what makes you money, like, allows you to live. Like, it's – you're much more bonded to it. Like, I would think it's even stronger than the the toddler.
0: Well, and why do we always say, like, use boring technology? Because we've had that experience where it's at the 11th hour – and you decided to use exciting, brand new, unproven technology. And now you're <laughs> discovering that horrible flaw that you're going to be spending all night trying to work around. Right. And so, so developers are conditioned to stick with the proven thing that's in their hand and not get wooed away by the sparkly, shiny. And, and so I think there is an aspect of, uh, closure is not the right tool for the job until you you have hit a level of comfort, a level of really like certainty and trust in in I can get work done in closure.
1: Yeah, and 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 I think definitely I'd refer people back to the that how do I convince a coworker? Because we had a lot of good ideas in there, um, but I think the one of the real core key things is is you can ex- you really have a hard time doing that on your own. You 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 experience it with someone else. Your experience and community
0: yeah absolutely uh, there's probably some more like technical and linguistic aspects that we could address but we are also running kind of long on time
1: yes we probably should wrap it up uh but let's see uh, how about maybe our listeners have more reasons more more places that closure will fall down more places that closure will be a big miss um, it, it maybe technical or or or, or otherwise. Um, so, if you can think of any of those, uh, please let us know. So reach out in in, in our uh, in any way that we that you can.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, uh, the, the obvious flaw that closure doesn't have static typing, so is therefore unsuitable for most things. You know, we can hear all about that. <laughs> 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 but yes, that some of these questions really do just reduce back to fundamental choices it really aren't about closure (laughs) you know (laughs) closure for device drivers (laughs) closure for static typing so anyway yeah we would love to hear your thoughts (laughs) (laughs) right so you can reach us once again you can reach us on twitter at closure design you can send us an email at feedback not at feed it's feedback at closuredesign.club, or just hop into our Closurean Slack channel, Closure Design Dash Podcast, and uh, reach us there.
1: And then that, that same domain name, you can go there in your web browser. You know uh, that fancy thing that you use all the all the time, and and find all of our past shows and episodes. Uh, sorry, our past episodes and show notes. Those are the things you'll find there. Um, we have lots of questions for the summer. Uh, we ha- we've had a lot of fun. If you have any questions, please send them our way, um, and uh, we'll be back next week with another question. Thanks for listening.